0: Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Pastor Nathan Brozier. If you will share this broadcast on your social media platforms to get this message delivered to the masses, truly, I would greatly appreciate that. So without further ado today, I want to just simply talk to you about desperation, the simple topic of desperation. So if you put this on your social media platform, just put the word hashtag desperation, And I'm referring to the book of Luke chapter eight. So if you have that, you can follow along. And it reads this way. It's actually the end of uh, verses 42 going into 43. As Jesus went with him, very familiar text, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure, the Bible says. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the Bible says, the bleeding stopped. She asked the question, or Jesus asked the question, who touched me? Everyone denied it, and Peter said, master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Here's what Jesus said. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So today I just simply want to talk to you about the topic of desperation. We've all been in positions in our life where we've been desperate for something. If you've ever played an uh, an athletic game or a sport of some sort, you're so thirsty at times, you're desperate to get to the fountain. You don't care if you're drinking out of a hose. Yeah, back in the day, we'd play outside and we would drink out of a hose. Yes, it would taste like rubber. We didn't know if spiders were in that thing, but we were so desperate (laughs) to get a drink of that water that we didn't care where we were getting that source of water from. And so we've all been desperate to an extent. Um, We're desperate for you fill in the blank. And so desperation is a real thing. We, We think about desperation in itself. Look at the very word. It means a state of despair, typically one which results in rash or extreme behavior me read that one more time. Desperation in its, uh, in its definition is a state of despair. So you're in a place, you're in a state of mind, typically one which results in rash. I like this part though, or extreme behavior, extreme behavior. So that tells me that you're going to do something when you're in a place of desperation, you're going to do something that is even outside the norm outside of what you've always seen people do. Or maybe you've always done your own self. Like you're used to this and this is typically something that you would do. But when you're in a place of desperation, you step out of a place of what you're used to do or a place of normality and you go into a place of extreme behavior. Now, we've done some things because if if anybody, I'm I'm gonna speak to the fathers here because I can only relate with fathers. I'm a father, a father of two kids. They're now grown adults actually now, but they're still my babies. And I remember them when they were little. So fathers can relate with desperation in this sense. We always have the fears that go through our mind. If somebody comes and grabs my child, you may not be the biggest guy. You may not be the strongest uh, human being. You may never have been in a fight in your life, but if somebody comes up and grabs your daughter or grabs your baby boy, the first instinct of you is what? You become desperate. You, you, go, you begin to act in an extreme behavior. As a father, I would always make comments, please, God, don't ever let anybody or let me catch somebody doing something to my daughter, because I know I will go into a place of extreme behavior. I would probably react in a place of desperation. I've never been, I'm never gonna tell you that I'm a great fighter, uh, but I promise you, if you touch one of my little ones, you will see a side of me that you've never seen before. So many of us fathers that are listening right now, we can relate with that. Touch my baby and you'll see an extreme behavior situation on mine. It's a place of desperation. So we think about from this text, here's this woman that was diagnosed by doctors. I like what Luke said, and I'm reading from Luke because Luke was a physician. So he understood from the standpoint of a doctor's point of view. And he made a comment that he said that she had spent much money uh, of, of, of actually uh, trying to figure out how to even heal her Or through the physicians, he says in one of the verses, and so here we have this standpoint. This woman had an issue of blood for twelve years. So what had happened here? Let me explain this to people who who may not understand this story or may or may not be familiar with this particular text. This woman who had an issue of blood, this was considered a menstrual bleeding. So as a woman. We, uh, I'm not trying to be a health teacher here, but we understand that women, when they come of age of a womanhood, they have a menstrual period once a month. And it's clockwork, unless you have like irregular things like that. That's another story. But it's clockwork uh, every month that, that you're going to have a point of bleeding, a menstrual cycle. And so we see these menstrual cycles. This woman now had an issue of blood, which simply means she was bleeding for 12 years, constantly. Now look at Leviticus chapter 15 and 25. It says, shows us that that one who has a flow of blood through their menstrual period or outside disease, whatever, they were considered number one, ceremonial unclean, the Bible says in Leviticus. So this woman was having a disease here of some sort where it was a constant flow of blood through her menstrual. And so she was considered now deemed by the law as unceremonial or ceremonial unclean. Now let that sink in. She couldn't get married because the law says that you couldn't marry this person because they were unclean. Number two, she was unclean in general. When a woman was on their period or during their menstrual cycle, they had to let people know they couldn't be with their husband, their husband couldn't be with them, they had to present themselves as unclean. So imagine now this woman for 12 years was dealing with a thing that people were deeming her to be unclean. Now she hears about this man named Jesus that was going around healing the sick, raising the dead, touching the blind man, doing the miraculous and, and so on. She said she had to come up to her own state of mind and she had to come to a place of desperation. What did I say desperation was? A state of despair, typically one which results in rash or extreme behavior. Now listen, wherever wherever Jesus went, the Bible says there was a multitude that followed him. We hear the story of the men that when Jesus went to the mount, and there was 5,000 mouths that he fed, and it only describes the men in the Bible. It doesn't describe the women or the children. So let's just do your sanctified imagination, as Bishop would always say, Bishop O'Neill, there was a minimum probably around eight to 12,000 people that were all around about Jesus at this time. So this woman had heard of the great things that Jesus Christ was doing, and she become in a state of mind to become have a change of an extreme behavior. Now you can imagine with her or with me this day that what Jesus or what this woman could have been feeling in her spirit anyway. 12 years some of us we struggle with a cough for one month and we start feeling like god has forsaken us or some of us you may have dealt with a bad knee or a bad hip for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or god god forbid a couple of years and you feel like the lord has forsaken you but this woman now was deemed as ceremonial unclean She had nobody she wasn't married i would venture to say we don't know this but we have to assume because the leviticus law said that she had to present herself as unclean ceremonial she could not be married because of the flow of blood so let's let that sink in she had nobody probably to console with to talk with nobody to go to but when she hears about the fame of jesus christ Imagine how hungry and desperate she had to do or had to be to get to his presence. And what did she do? The Bible says that, that she leaned through the crowd. She pressed, as one of the writers said, she pressed through the thronging crowd. I believe is how Matthew says it. But she pressed through just to touch but the hem of his garment. She didn't have to get Jesus's attention. She didn't have to push Jesus in the chest and said, remember me today, as we hear some writers say, uh, why, you know, Jesus, thou son of David, you know, they, they come to him boldly. But she just said, if I just touch him, things will be changed. And what I love it, Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me. How did Jesus know? Because he said, I felt healing, power, go out from me let me tell you something i don't know where you're at in your life today i don't know where you're at right now even in your walk but i'm telling you right now whatever you need from god right now you need to be like this woman with the issue of blood this is amazing we only know this woman by her disease or her ailment we don't even have a name for her we don't know this is Uh, Judy from from wherever, from Bethlehem or this is Judy from Nazareth or Judy from Jerusalem. We just know that this woman is defined by her issue. You've been defined by your issue. You may be watching this from wherever across this continent, in this world even. You may be asking yourself, I've been defined by something that either my parents have told me. I've been defined by something that the doctors have said I am. I've been defined by something that I don't even believe is true, but, but it's been spoken over to me that it may have, it might be true. Let me, I'm speaking to you right now. Are you desperate for God in your life? Then I want you to be as the woman with the issue of blood. And I want you just to reach out. There's an old song that says, and I don't know who the writer is, but it says, just reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. It's an old hymn, an old song. And the Bible says, or that song goes on and says, you'll find that he's not too busy to hear your hearts cry. He's passing by this moment. All your needs he will supply. All you gotta do is just reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. I w- I found out in my 46 years of living that Jesus is not hard to find. We always make it seem like, Jesus, where are you? Because when we're in our valley at times in our life, we feel like God is so far from us, but he's right there waiting for us to reach out to him. We, we wonder why God isn't listening. God's listening, but are you are you listening to what he's commanding to you to do? Or, 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 or maybe we can even go so further to say, maybe God's already spoken something to you and you've just been in disobedience. I'm here to tell you right now, just reach out like the woman with the issue of blood. If you're broken in physically, if you're broken mentally, if you're broken emotionally, all you got to do is reach out right now and touch the Lord as the woman with the issue of blood that you won't be defined like her you won't be defined by the by the uh, uh, the iniquity that you struggle with you won't be defined by the ailment that you struggle with but you'll be defined by the woman who reached out by faith God's here today and you may be watching this in your or listening to this in your car you may be on a treadmill right now or elliptical or lifting weights I'm here to speak a word of hope to you right now reach out to Jesus so i want to pray for you as i close this episode that i want you to understand and i want to come against whatever infirmity is on your body or whatever ailment that you're struggling with maybe it's emotional but maybe it's physical as well as this woman has struggled with today i just want to speak this word and release it in your spirit you need to become desperate for god so let's pray father in jesus name God, I speak to those that are listening right now. I speak to that man, that woman, that child that is struggling, that's been identified by their weakest moment, that's been identified by their insecurities, that's been identified by even their ailment. God, I speak right now to their situation, Lord. Set them free. Let them know that, God, you are the answer. You are the way maker. You can move obstacles in their life right now. So, Father, we pray, Lord, as the woman with the issue of blood, God, I pray that we begin to become so desperate, so hungry for a move of God that we will make we will make these these rash uh, emo- we will make these rash or extreme behavior changes that we've got to do what we've got to do to get into Your presence. So Father I pray raise up a hunger. You said in your you said in your word, they that ho- or who they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall what they shall be filled. So Father I pray there be a thirsting and a hunger for more of you that they way, that way they can see the hand of God move in their life god raise up some men and women of god who are willing to not accept status quo mediocrity or this is how it's always been but allow them to rise up to see who you've called them to be in jesus name i pray in jesus name amen well i hope you uh, i hope you enjoyed this week's episode i just want to leave this in your spirit how desperate are you for god Again, I hope you join us next week on Bridging the Gap with Pastor Nathan Brozier. I'll see you then. God bless you.